Welcome to the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. For more information about our church, please visit myc3church.net. Wherever you are listening from right now, get ready to receive as God has a word just for you. So good to be here at the 5.30 or 6 o'clock, I should say, service. And how many people are grateful they came to church today? Yeah, grateful. Enjoyed your Australia Day and um, want to uh, welcome you if you're new to church. We're so grateful you could be with us. Uh, my name is, if you didn't hear that introduction uh, amongst the clapping, um, but uh, my name is James and, uh, and I, actually, I actually used to be part of the team here and I love, grew up in this church. Uh, this was my home church. I used to, I used to um, I actually headed up worship for a season and um, I'm so joking, that never happened. Never happened. Yeah. Actually, but in saying that, how amazing was worship tonight? That was unbelievable. Um, I actually I had a moment, I heard, I heard singing, like, is that the voice of an angel? What is that? And I turned next to me, it was Pastor Richard. <laughs> Couldn't believe, I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself, but it was. You know what, when people go to heaven, guess what they give them outside of salvation and eternity? Auto-tune. Anyway, um, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> I love Pastor, do you love Pastor Richard? I love him. Known him for some time. And what a blessing. But um, hey, uh, so, so again, if you're um, new to all this, uh, we're so w- uh, grateful you could join us for church here tonight. Um, this is something that uh, we will do often, not because religion demands it, um, but because we actually are compelled to do this. It's something that's happened inside of our lives that's changed the way we live, changed the way we do what we do. Now, again, um, do we have to lift our hands? No. Is that part of the requirement of membership? No. We actually do it because it's a response of something that's happened in our hearts, and we can't help but give God just gratitude and thankfulness, and that's what worship is. And, and, uh, and again, just to get together, this is um, a beautiful reminder. I think the reason why I love church, I was grateful I grew up in church, is because um, every week I was reminded of God. There's so many things that distract. Come, is anyone here, you're, you're easily distracted? I'll make sure to talk to you most tonight. Um, but, but this easily, life is easily distracting. And when you come to church, you're just reminded again. That's right. God's faithful. God's good. God's, he can do all things. And so it's so important that we do this. I think in a time uh, where everyone's time poor or telling themselves that, I think it's such a priority that we get, to get, get together and do this more and more. Amen? Awesome. Well, uh, I, I bring greetings from uh, the magical place of Cronulla, which is where I'm from down the south. And, uh, and, you know, I actually grew up here on the northern beaches and my whole life until we planted C3 down that way, I had never, ever been into South Sydney before ever. I didn't even know there was a Sutherland Shire. I just knew there was a freeway that went to Wollongong. <laughs> Right? I just, you know, there's nothing wrong with the gong, right? So, um, but, but to, to be over there, God's just been really good to us. It's been a great, this year we celebrate six years uh, of our church, which has been really cool. And uh, I have my wife with me who I will make do that, come on, that wife thing. Just stand up and do a little turn around. This is my wife, Alana. Come on, don't, don't, come on, just do it. Wow. I was, my wife is, she actually was standing up. She's three foot two. Um, <laughs> no, no. But I uh, couldn't do it without my wife and my three children are here as well, uh, up the back there um, in, in deep intercessory prayer, because that's how we raised our kids. Um, now my kids here, my boy Bailey turns, uh, he turns actually 13 this year, which is gross um, that he is that old already going into high school. My girls are going to year two this year, my twin girls. That's right, I have twins. Uh, they were born actually when we lived in San Diego and uh, someone asked me once, what's it like having twins? I said, well, imagine you're drowning. 
and someone hands you two babies. So, so there you go. So we have, no, no, we love our girls. Uh, they are amazing. So, um, Hey, here's what, I, here's what I want to do in the next uh, 31 minutes that we have together. Um, I just want to encourage you. That is the goal of our conversation here, that, um, that we are always constantly encouraged in, in our relationship and our faith with God. Uh, and, and really, if you're, again, new to all this, um, my, my hope would be for the next few moments um, that we all have preconceived ideas. We all have ideas even of God or a God. But I would encourage you just to give me a blank canvas for the next few moments. And that and at the end, you can come to your conclusion. Okay, you can say, okay, at the end, I'll start to you know, go back to my old thinking, maybe, but I'm hoping it will change the way you think ultimately about God. And, uh, and even if you're, you're, you're totally used to this, you've been around forever, um, my hope is that your relationship with God is going to get stronger and stronger because of our conversation. Is that cool? Now, there is a vicious rumor going around about the six o'clock service. Did you know this, Pastor Pat? Yeah, it's vicious. It's out there. It's all on, it's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. There's traces of it on MySpace. Um, and that rumor is this, that the six o'clock crowd of C3 Oxford Falls are the most verbally engaging crowd out of any of the other C3 locations. It's a rumor. Come on, we can work on that. Yeah, it's a rumor. I promise you this. The more you get into it tonight, the, the quicker I'm going to preach. The sad part, the people who cheered the most then were the pastor on the front row. But anyway, so, uh, no, no, but we're going we're gonna to get into it. We're just turning your Bibles to, Galatia, sorry, to Ephesians uh, chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 and, uh, and verse 16. Uh, as we jump into this, I love this letter that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And really, um, there's two goals that Paul is trying to achieve here. He is trying to encourage unity within the church, but he's also trying to encourage a depth of, of really experiencing God more in a greater way. He's saying, oh, there's more to God, basically. So I want you to be unified, and I want you to realize there's more to God. And really, again, is that not church? Is that not the purpose of church every week? Just to be unified and to grow deeper in our understanding of who, really, what God, who God is and what He's done for us. So Ephesians chapter 3, he jumps in in verse 16. He says, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then, verse 17, Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Again, we heard this already. I love this terminology. Your roots will grow down into God's... Yeah, I just want to make sure you're following along on the screen, right? Okay, but you're allowed to yell out in church. It's fine if I say that. No one wants to be that one joker who yells out the wrong thing, but, you know, when they yell out, grow into God's Moses. Like, no one wants to be that one guy who yells out the wrong thing. But here we go. That you would actually, you grow down into God's, yeah, God's love. And watch, <laughs> there's always one. Here we go. And keep you, keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. Now catch this, verse 19. This is so important. I believe more now than ever that we get a greater understanding of this, especially for you here at beginning 2020. May you experience, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand or to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you experience. May you experience. That is my hope here. Uh, tonight, I, I want to give you the title of my thought here to pique your curiosity. Um, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down. A new normal. A new normal. A new normal. 
And, and I always have one big point. In our church community, we have uh, typically when, when I'm speaking to our church, I'll say there's one big point that I want to make and we're going to come around that point. And at the end, hopefully this point will be more uh, solidified in your heart. But this, this, I also do this because I know that we have um, what we call, what I call uh, Christian amnesia. Do you know what I'm talking about? Christian media, and you'll go to church, and then and and it'll be great, and then you'll bump into someone who maybe didn't come, and you'll hey, and they'll like, how was church? Oh my gosh, church was so great. And they go, oh, cool. what do they talk about? And you're like, oh, Jesus, right? Okay, because it's just the easiest go-to. Um, but I figure if we can give you one portable point uh, that is me talking to you a monologue here tonight can become maybe a dialogue in, in connect groups or in conversations this week. Okay, so here's my big point. Ready? We are love to show love. We are included to include. And we are changed to bring change. One more time. We are loved to show love. We are included to include. And we are changed to bring change. If I could bring a brief summary of what the gospel does in us, this would be it. We are loved to show love. We are included to include. And we are changed to bring change. And I really believe that it's time for a new normal in many of our lives because of the outworking of the gospel and this statement here tonight. So can we pray here tonight as we jump into this? So Lord, we just thank you for everything you're doing in this great church, Lord. We thank you for C3 Sydney. Thank you for every location, God. We thank you for Pastor Phil and Chris, Lord. We're so grateful for such great leaders and pastors, Lord. And I thank you that as we enter into 2020, God, you're going to do something um, God, exceptional in us individually, but also corporately, Lord, that we would grow in such great unity, but also there would be a a new normal that we experience with you. God, I pray for those who may be here tonight and they feel far or distant from you, Lord. God, let them recognize that that is actually just a feeling. It is not reality. You are so close. You are so close, God. And you are so wanting them to not just know your love, but experience it. So Lord, we give you this time. We give you this space. Speak to us tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. New, a new normal. Now, um, how many people recognize this, that every single one of us has a different normal. Would you agree? We all have a different idea of what normal is. We all have our own individual normal, right? And so, and this is, this becomes most evident. Um, like how many people out of curiosity, how many people here, you, you are married? Give me a little wave if you are married. All the married people, yeah, come on, that's great. Uh, how many people are happy, they're happily married? Yep, good. Yeah, okay, good, good. That's good. Uh, okay, and how many people here, you are single, ready to mingle? Give me a little wave. Come on, wave, wave nice and high. Now look around the room. Come on, there's potential, okay? Come on, take someone out for a straight day lunch or dinner or whatever. But uh, they're, they're, here's the thing. Now, for you, uh, for you single people, um, you, you have your normal. And, and, and one day you're going to experience that when you actually, when you start a, a marriage or relationship at great depth, you'll realize um, that your normal is vastly different to hers or him, Right? So I experienced this the most when I got married. So I got married, me and my wife, Alana, Alana and I, we actually celebrate this year 18 years of marriage. Yeah, how good is that? So good. 18 years of marriage and uh, you're thinking, but you look so young. Well, it was arranged. We were 14. Um, I'm joking. But we have, uh, so, so we have this, um, you know, I, I grew up in a household where um, I, I grew up in a beautiful family. My, my mum and dad, my sisters were all together. But I grew up where there was a normal in our household. And one of the normals was our house was, um, was extremely clean. Um, because my, my mum is probably the most cleanliest person you'll ever meet. Um, my mum has a, you know the living room in your house uh, that you weren't allowed to touch? And it was purely for guests to come and go, wow, that's beautiful. But if you went in there, that would be the dying room. 
and not the living room. I mean, like you're not allowed to touch that, right? Um, so my mum had one of those, right? My mum is so neat and tidy that when you went to the bathroom and you finished the bathroom, you come back later to maybe use the bathroom again and the toilet paper would fold in a triangle at the end. So it was like growing up, come on, in the Sheraton. Like it was unbelievable. Okay, so, so that was a norm. So I would, go, in the morning, I would get woken up to a vacuum cleaner, vacuuming the room. Like my mum would do that. And then when I, when I would get up, I'd go have a shower. I'd come back, the bed was made, right? That was how it was. If there was dirty clothes, I'd come back magically, they're gone. Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. It was so good. This was my normal. And then I got married. And I realized that Atlanta's normal was vastly different to my normal. So we get married, we start the, the early stages of, of now living together, doing life together, and, 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 I, and I wake up in the morning, I go have a shower, I come back in, I'm like, well, the bed's not made. <laughs> There's clothes on the ground. The toilet paper has not been folded, right? You know, it's like, what is going on? And then we, we realize along the way that, oh my goodness, like this, is, this was my normal, but it wasn't her normal, right? And nor, nor was it going to be our normal, I should say. This was not going to be the, the trajectory of our marriage for this to take place like this. But you've got to understand, we all have a different normal. Now, you've come in here tonight and you have an idea of what is normal. This is normal to me. This is, this is normal to my life. This was normal for me growing up. This was normal for my family. This was normal for, for me individually. And understand this, that when we come into this place called the church, we must recognize we all have our own idea of normal. And what we're trying to do is to come to a unifying place where we recognize, yes, we all might have our different form of normal, but Jesus is trying to create a new normal in us. It's a whole new way of looking at things, a whole new way of looking at life and community and church. But we all have different, different normals. I had a friend of mine, I can't name his name because he's a pastor in a great church in our nation. And uh, he, he actually, he, he surprised me one day. We're sitting having um, uh, lunch together. And as we're talking across the table, there's, there's, a, there's actually a table next to us and a couple were eating there and they finished their meal and then they walked out. And as I'm sitting there chatting away, he looks at the table and there's like leftovers on the table. And I'm like, I'm looking, he keeps on looking. I'm like, what is he looking at? What is he looking at? And then he reaches over and he grabs some of the chips from the table and he starts eating them. I'm like, excuse me? What are you doing? He's like, what? What, bro? That's a waste. I don't like wasting. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, this is normal for you? He's like, absolutely. He goes on to tell me that he actually does this in most kind of restaurant establishments, right? He will see leftover food and he actually thinks, well, like, this is a normal thing. So he actually goes to eat one time. He has a, uh, he's eating with some friends and, and there was a, a, a table of Chinese businessmen across the way and they're all eating at any pasto platter. They're all enjoying, they all get up and leave the table collectively. He looks, he's like, oh my gosh, what a waste. All that food. So he gets up, he walks over to the table, he picks up the antipasto platter, brings it back to the table, says, guys, let's dig in, right? And so they start eating. They're like, this is awesome, free antipasto platter, right? And then out of nowhere, all the Chinese businessmen walk back in. They walk back in and, and, and they're looking around like, what, what is going on? What, where is our platter gone? They're calling over the staff, what's going on? And so my friend, he grabs the platter. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna get caught with this one. So he puts it on his lap underneath the table. He tells me this story. I said, man, just so you know, that's not, yeah, that's not normal, right? That's not normal. Now, now in the same sense, we, we all have our own version of normal. We all have our own version of normal. And this is important for us as we take the journey of faith to recognize that you and I see things 
differently. We have had experiences that have formed the way we view normal. Do you realize what psychologists would call um, sovereign foundations? In other words, between the ages of zero to 18, things happened in your life that formed the very foundation of who you are now. And if you're not careful, what happened to you in those formative years can actually construct what your idea of normal is. Because that was just, that was just normal for me. That's all I ever knew. That's just how we did things. Now, what happens when we start to come together in a place like this? Man, what a diverse group of people we have even here tonight. What a diverse group the church has always been and what we must recognize first and foremost is if we're gonna do this thing in unity, we've gotta reckon, man, there is some rich diversity. Why? Because we all have our own idea of normal. Now, this is where we must change gears coming back to the outworking of the gospel in our lives. Why? Because we must recognize first and foremost that we have been extended grace by God. Therefore, we must give grace to one another because I gotta recognize that your normal is different to my normal. And if you think that we're all going to be normal on the same way, like, oh, we're all thinking the same. We've all had the same experiences of life. We're going to struggle to do this thing together. And you're going to struggle to find authentic community. Why? Because authentic community is not conformity. We all have the same normal. No, it is diversity with Christ-centered unity. It changes the way we do this thing called life, especially Jesus-centered life. So, so, so basically, this is what Paul's doing. Paul's saying, um, I need to encourage you, church, in Ephesus. And the reason why is because there is going to be struggles amongst unity. There's going to be there. Now, you again, maybe you're new to this. You're like, what has that got to do with me? Because the reason why we unify in this room is actually not because there's a vision solely just for Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney as Sydney for Christ. Come on, there's a tongue twister, right? Like that is a vision for this church. And we still believe that. Let me tell you, that's not the reason why we're unified here. To have multiple locations around the city, that's not the reason why we're unified here. To have multiple connect groups everywhere, come on, all walks of life. That is not why we're here. We are here unified, not around a vision, but around a person. It's around the person of Christ, the person of Jesus. So our lives then look more like spokes on a wheel, all intertwining, overlapping, coming to a focal center point, which is Jesus himself, which he then enables us to now realize, hey, we might be a bit different. And we might have a different type of normal, but we are all joined to the same focus, the same center point, which is Christ himself. Okay, now, sporadic claps, I like it. But listen, listen, um, let's go a bit deeper, okay? Because what Paul is trying to say here in the church, to the church of Ephesus, is I need you to grow in the depth of this. Like, this is not just about knowing, it's about experiencing. And there is a big difference. So you could come and listen, you could sit in church for the next 30 years and you could attain a whole bunch of knowledge about Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible is a source of unbelievable truth and knowledge. But let me tell you, it is a menu that's meant to lead you to taste and see that is actually good. Like you're meant to experience this, not just know about it. Like I sat, I sat on, on the plane with a guy once. I get to fly every now and then and, and I'm sitting on a plane with a guy. I go onto the plane and I'm really tired, okay? I've been, I think I was, did like 10 different cities in a week in America and I got on the second last flight. I'm sitting on the flight and I felt God say to me, James, talk to the guy next to you. I'm like, no, I'm tired. God's like, speak to the guy next to you. I'm like, no, speak to the guy next to you. No, I keep going back, God, don't be so selfish. I want to sleep, right, okay? He keeps arguing with me. And let me tell you, never argue with God. Never argue with God. Two reasons, especially one, he never sleeps, right? Secondly, in a plane, right? You know, don't argue with him, no. Like, no, okay, Lord, I'll do it, okay, right? So, so anyway, 
so, so catch this. Um, I, I'm, I'm sitting there and all I want to do is just watch a movie and then and do my own thing. But God keeps saying, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. So, so finally I talked, I'm like, oh, I'll talk to him. I'll do it, God, right? I was reluctant and, and, and I turned to him and I have sometimes a volume perception problem. Yeah, I do. So I'll just be loud, but I don't mean to be, right? So I'm like, hey, how you going? And it, I didn't realize he was asleep. So he's oh, like this anyway, like complimentary peanuts went everywhere. Like it was crazy. So, so I turned to him and I asked the dumbest thing you can ask on a plane, the dumbest. So where are you going? It's like the same place you are, idiot. I'm like, oh, take it easy, champ. Thought about being a life coach. Like, anyway, so he, he, uh, he actually proceeds to tell me, um, actually, um, I said, oh, you know, what, what brings you to the place we're going to? And he said, oh, actually, I've just got out of prison. I said, really? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. And, and I'm like, my hand slides down on the air hostess bell. I'm like, really? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I just want to move, right? And then he... Uh, and I'm trying to relate to him. I'm like, oh, wow, prison. Yeah, I've been in prison. Yeah. Well, by prison, I mean detention in year six, right? So I'm trying to like find common ground. And, and then um, he starts talking about his experience and about how he, um, he, he's actually flying to see his daughter for the first time. Six years old, he's never seen her. And he starts weeping on the plane. And I'm, gonna tell, like, I'm pastoral, I love people, but I, there are moments that are like, oh, that's so sad. And then there's moments where this is getting awkward because he, like, he is loudly weeping on the plane. I'm like, oh, gosh, man. And you can see everyone on the plane's like looking like, what is going on back there? I can see like this lady in front of me, she's like pretending to read a magazine, but you can tell she's actually listening in because the magazine's upside down, right? So she's like, oh, like, looking in. And, then, and, and, and I started to ask him, I said, hey, man, like what, what, what's... I, I, said, I said, do you know do you know God loves you? And guess what he said to me? Yeah, I do. Wow. He said, yeah, I actually got involved in, a, in like a Bible study in prison. And so I was actually, you know, told a lot about God's love. Yeah, I know a lot about God's love. And as we started to unpackage this, this, this kind of discussion more and more, I realized as I walked off the plane that day, this man knew a lot about God, but had never fully experienced God. So much pain, so much torment, and again, he had made mistakes and he had paid his dues, but yet he had never fully experienced the liberty that we have in Christ. Why? Because this is so much more than knowledge. That we must not just hear it, but Paul encourages us, hey, that you would actually experience it. And this is where we come to, again, um, what Paul is trying to articulate to the church in Ephesus. He, he's saying this, hey, um, hey, I actually want you to keep going. And not just keep going on the faith journey, come on, let's soldier on. No, he's actually saying, I want you to actually experience more of this. So my, my, my question for us this year is, what does your new normal look like? Because the same Jesus you experienced last year is actually not going to be the same you experienced this year. Well, honestly, I thought God was the same yesterday. Today. Yes, He is, but you're yet to experience the depths of Him. There is more of His love to experience. There is more of Him to experience and encounter. And Paul is saying, I want that for you because the only way we're going to do this together is because we actually get to grow more into Him. Jesus wants to give you a new normal this year. So let's answer this question. How does Jesus give me a new normal? How does He actually do it? Now, this is going to sound reasonably elementary, like James, really, man, I've been around church for a while. Are you serious? But I found the simplicity of the gospel is the most powerful thing. And sometimes we get so caught up and all these different, it's like, no, just come back to the simplicity. What is this about? What is this about? What is it really about? And so, so point number one, like how does Jesus actually bring a new normal into us? Well, point number one, um, he, he actually loves us in such a way 
that you actually want to love others. This is how He creates a new norm in us. Jesus loves you, and then from there, you want to love others. And this is actually in order, by the way. This is in order. Like, like, like for instance, um, how many people, again, married people, how many people have ever read um, The Love Languages by Dr. Gary, I think it's Gary Chapman. Ever read The Love Languages? Great book, amazing book. Okay, so you have all these love languages, and, and it's, it's important that you know your partner's love language. Why? Because that's how they feel loved. They, uh, like they have a love tank, and you're there to fill that love tank up. So me and my wife, Alana, and I, we have like a joke that we have. It's like an in-house joke that I'll make public. Um, but we have this joke where we, we, we actually talk about our love languages. And, 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 and I'll ask her, I'll say, hey, babe, like, so how's, how's the love tank? How's it going? And she's like, well, actually, there's, there's a crack in it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we better fix that, right? And then she'll ask me, you know, like, so what about yours? I'm like, well, it's a gaping hole, okay? So anyway, so we, and we have these discussions. Why? Because we want the other one to feel loved. Have you ever thought about this? What's God's love language? Now, most of us would conclude, well, oh, you know what it is. If I do the Bible in a year, this year, God's going to be love tank full. If I pray more this year, God's going to feel more loved. But you know what? God's love language is not like ours. It's not like ours at all. Because this love we experience is actually one way. It comes from the Father to us. We love only because He first loved us. If anything, you know what God's love language is? Man, my love language is that you would actually grow deeper in my love for you. That's my love language that you would actually dare to figure out how expansive this love is. Paul actually writes, to chuck this up on Ephesians again. He actually talks about this whole idea that we must go to understand or try to dare to understand the, the, the vastness of God's love, the measure of God's love, the, the, the enormity of God's love. And again, you think, James, really? Are we talking about God's love still? I've been in church for six months. I've been in church for six years. I'm telling you, you can never exhaust the depths of God's love. And God is saying... Will you have a new normal when it comes to my love for you this year? Because you have a normal, I experienced God's love like this last year, but, but this year, do you realize there's a whole new normal that He wants you to experience? So again, we'll track this picture up on the screen because I'm a visual person. And, and again, we read this in Scripture, but if you could imagine it like a tree that is, is actually growing deeper. Let's check this up. Okay, so this, this whole concept of God's love, what Paul is trying to say is, it's not about how much you are growing upwards and outwards, it's about how much deeper you're going into me. Like how much more you're exploring the depths of this love I have for you. And I'm here to tell you that even though you could, you could actually see the ends and the depths of this picture, let me tell you, God's vastness keeps going and going and going. So, so God's saying to you and I this year, hey, um, I want you to experience a new normal of my love. Because you've experienced my love it's like, instead of people coming up every week saying, man, are you going to bring people to church? Are you going to invite someone to a connect group? You can't help but do it. Why? Because from His love overflowing in you, can't help for it overflowing out of you. I've had this, this actually, this, this actually becomes rather annoying. I'm going to tell you straight away. Like God will bug you with His love for other people. He will. He'll be like, hey man, I love that person. Tell them. Um, I'm busy. Halfway through this latte. Like God will constantly, He will poke and prod you to tell people about His love for them. So listen, I'm on a plane recently. I was flying to um, the magical place of Invercargill. 
And if you know what Invercargill is, see, this wasn't a huge response to people because like, where is that? Is that in Narnia somewhere? Like, where, is that magical? Invercargill um, is the most southern point of New Zealand. And I was flying to speak there. And as I'm flying to speak there, I'm sitting on the plane on the second flight that I need to take to get to this town. And as I'm on the plane, I'm sitting down and this this lady. I said, hey, how are you going? And then she just lit into a conversation. She was a talker. She's just, yeah, did it. And I thought I was a talker. She was a talker. So she starts talking, 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 talking. And as she's talking to me, the plane's taken off. And I'm like, oh, man, like this is, this is going to be a long flight. Like I love her, but she's very talkative. And, and so we start, you know, kind of, have, I've barely got words in. But as I'm sitting on the plane, I felt God say to me, hey, um, tell how much I love her. I'm like, really? I said, yeah. he's like, yeah, tell her how much I love her. I said, oh, okay. And so I'm trying to interject. I'm trying to jump in. Like, oh, like trying to stop and get a, get a kind of a word in. But then I turned and I said, sorry, sorry. Look, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I love the story. But, <laughs> such a liar. But I'm like, I, I said, um, I said uh, can I just tell you something? And she interrupts me again. Don't you say it. I said, what? She says, don't you dare say what you're about to say. I said, what do you mean? She says, no, don't. And she starts welling up on the plane. I said, what's going on? She's like, okay, fine, just say it. (laughs) True story. And I said, hey, I just want to tell you, God loves you so much. And she burst out in tears. She said, I knew you would say that. She said, I went into a church three years ago and I heard about this love and I've been running from it ever since. And as soon as I saw you on the plane, I knew you must be some of those Jesus. I don't know what it was, but you must be a Jesus guy. And I, didn't, I knew you were going to say this and I didn't want you to say it. And she started to break open as God's, not condemnation, not the fear of God. Come on, but the love of God started to impact her life. You see, when you, when you get that new normal of God's love, loving people just starts to happen. Secondly, we've got to recognize that when when Jesus actually includes you, He actually creates a new normal by including you first. And because of that inclusion, He actually wants you to include other people. Like church becomes a place where we're like, man, there's seats that need to be filled, not because I'm just need to get numbers and places filled. No, I'm trying to include more people in the good news of the gospel. So when you have the, the inclusion of God first and foremost in your heart, you realize including others becomes quite easy. So, so like, again, Paul, Paul writes it in Romans 15, verse 7. He says, I want you to accept each other just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring glory to God. Like, this is what we do. We include people. We get people and we start to bring them into church. Why? Because we have been included first. Like, the best present I ever got once upon a time was um, a friend of mine who flies a lot. He's, he, he, he said, James, I've got this pass I want to give you. I said, what's the pass? He said, James, it's, it's for, for Virgin, because you fly Virgin Airlines. I'm going to give you a gold status for Virgin, which allows you to get into the lounge and get upgrades. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Thank you so much. So he gives me the card. And for the first time, this is years ago, um, I, I start to use the card. I walk in. There's a separate entrance at Sydney Airport for, for gold class members. I'm like, this is unreal. I walk in, separate security. I'm like, Jesus, you're alive. You're on the throne, right? And so, and then I go in, there is a VIP lounge. There is a barista waiting to make you coffees. I'm like, I have, I have glimpsed. I think I went to third heaven. You know what that's kind of experience? Like what is going on here? And as I'm starting to sit there, I, I, true story. I'm sitting in a plush leather chair, enjoying my coffee, looking down on the terminal with everyone else down there. I'm drinking. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I wonder what the peasants are doing. You know, like I'm just, you know, <laughs> caught up in the moment and, and, and and I start to drink, and I feel, again, God always interrupts me in the most inconvenient times. He's like, James, um, just remember how you got that. I'm like, what? He said, like, you didn't earn that. Someone gave it to you. 
So as much as you're enjoying it, and you should, it was actually something that someone gave you in the first place. And then God started to show me that that's what the church is. The church is something that, yes, we must recognize we have been included in the salvation and the grace and the forgiveness of God. Come on, how many people are grateful for that? We have been included, but guess what? As much as we should enjoy it, we're there to share it. We've been included to include. And last but not least, um, you realize that Jesus brings a new normal into you when you actually realize that Jesus changes me and it makes me want to bring change. It doesn't force me, it makes me want to. Paul talks about this whole concept of this love that will actually take you into this whole new realm where you start to go, oh my gosh, there is immeasurably more to God and He wants to do immeasurably more through me. Like there's so much He wants to do. And I really felt to encourage you here, C3 Oxford Falls or C3 Sydney, that you have been loved to show love, you've been included to include, and you've been changed to bring change. But there's something about the change that God wants to do. I believe, I believe this is really important for this year. And as I started to think about what to share with you guys, that I really believe that God wants you to be aware of, I actually brought change in your life, but I also want to bring change through you. I want to bring change through you. Years ago, um, or actually not even, it was probably a year and a half ago, a girl in our church, she actually sent me a picture of an innocent incident that took place in the UK. And, and she sent me this, and underneath the, the picture she sent me, she said, um, James, this is... I believe this is a picture of our church. And then she sent me this picture. I'm going to chuck this up on the screen. And the picture was actually about um, an incident that took place literally a year and a half ago in the UK of a man who thought his life so useless and worthless that he was going to take his own life in the middle of the day in a crowded space. And as he stood on the, on the edge of this bridge about to take his own life, a bunch of bystanders saw it and they rushed to him and grabbed a hold of him. As you see in the picture, not only did they grab a hold of him, but they found pieces of rope and they started to tie themselves to him. Some started to grab his legs. Some started to grab around his shoulders and whisper in his ear. And this girl in that church said, hey, James, that's the church. We've been changed to bring change. And James, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean for us? You see, there's this beautiful thing that God does within the body of Christ. It's called spiritual gifts. It's called the gifts that God has given to you and I believers. And I'm here to tell you, man, there's courses within this church that you need to get into and find out what your spiritual gift is because some of you might be a leg holder here. Holding the legs of those who keep taking steps towards darkness. Some of you might be that person who has a gift of encouragement and you're going to whisper words into people's lives that kind of come on, bring hope up and despair down because there's a gift. And we all have a gift and we're all meant to do it together. Do it together. So my hope this year is that you would experience a new normal in the fact that Jesus has so radically changed you. And if you haven't experienced that change, I believe you can tonight. But also that change, wants, it, it makes you want to change the world around you. You know what the greatest days in church you're going to experience? It's not the day when that preacher came or that song was sung or they had my favorite thing. That, no, it's actually the day when you go, you know what? I saw a life change and I realized I played a part in that. I played a part in that. The most satisfying day. Again, you realize it's not, the goal is not you and I attending church. It's you and I becoming the church. That's the goal. So my prayer is that um, God would actually produce a new normal in you this year. A new normal for his love, like it's, man, it's new. I know he loved me, but man, this is a whole new depth. Man, I knew he included me, but man, it's cool. I just want to include people this year so much more. And 
I know he's changing me, but man, I just want to be a part of change. I want to be a part of it. And as we finish here tonight, I think, um, again, as Paul said, we, we all have different ideas of normal. We really do. But if we could put those differences aside and come around a new normal that Jesus develops in us, not preconceived ideas, not past church experiences. Not, no, let's create a new normal where we're unified together around the person of Jesus and the mission of Christ. We're loved to show love. We're included to include. And we're changed to bring change. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so, the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at C3 Oxford Falls.